this morning with you uh, at Romans chapter number eight and verse number 28. Uh, So if you would go with me into the word of God to Romans eight and verse number 28. I give you a moment to to grab it, uh, but but you are, I'm sure, very familiar with this particular text, Romans 8 and 28. And it reads, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I'll read it again just so you can get it in your spirit. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I just want to share a word with you this morning entitled, Do You Know? Do You Know? Paul makes the assumption, Paul makes this uh, statement of affirmation that we know, he's speaking to the, the, the reader uh, the audience that is receiving these this letter and receiving these instructions, and he's speaking from the position of he personally knows, and he knows that he has shared this with them, and he has taught them this, what he is about to share, uh, and what he has pre- said prior in prior scripture in, in earlier chapters of the of the letter he wrote to the church at Rome, and so he says, "We know, and we know." Uh, but but my question this morning is, do you know? Do you personally? know that all things are working, that God takes everything and uses it. When we look at simply the word know, uh, it means to comprehend, to be aware of something as fact or truth. I I know it because I know it's a fact. No one can tell me anything different. Nobody can, can share or say anything other than what I know to be true because I know that it is the truth. It is a fact. And, and so I, I will not allow anything to, to deter me or to, to change me uh, or make me think something differently because I know it is the truth. And so I stand on it. I believe it because our understanding is the truth that we stand under. And so uh, we must know this. And so the fact that I want to I want to remind you of today is that our lives happen on purpose. Our lives happen on purpose. And the word purpose simply means something set up as an object or an end to be attained. Uh, Something set up as an object, I'm trying to get it, or an end to be obtained. So our lives are are on purpose. We live our life on purpose, meaning that God has a purpose, a plan, an expected end, that God knows the, the, the end that he is trying to push us to. And, and no matter what is happening, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're encountering, um, the, the, it's almost like uh, a pinball machine. You know, when, you, when you're playing pinball, some of our young people may not remember this, but, but my, my saints that, that, that have lived a little while, you know about pinballs. When you, when you pull the, the thing back and you hit the pinball and it goes and play the game, it hits the sides and, and you can hear the, the score going up. And, and along the way, it hits this side and that side and it bounces here and you have the little levers where you can flap it and hit it and knock it back in and to hit a few more things. And, and that's kind of our life. Uh, uh, we are bouncing around and stuff is happening and God is positioning and repositioning and, and recalibrating and, and, and making sure that our life gets to the expected end that he has predetermined. And so, beloved, understand that there is a reason why we are going through what we are going through. 
It is not designed to break us. It is not designed to destroy us. It is not designed to discourage us, but it is working for our good. That trouble, that calamity, that trial and tribulation that appears to be wrapped up in sorrow, that appears to be wrapped up in anguish and in pain, it is really going to turn out to be one of the best presents God has sent your way. Uh, see, it's hard to believe that, that my pain is really having a purpose, that my trials and my trouble is, is really going to be the thing that gives me my greatest triumph, but God will repackage. Uh, God takes the the thing the enemy sends at us to, to hurt us or to harm us, and God uh, repackages it. He he puts a new spin and a new perspective on it, and he rewraps it uh, with purpose for our pain. He rewraps it with triumph in, in our troubles. He rewraps it with tenacity for our trial. He rewraps it with joy for our sorrow, and achievement for our anguish. Uh, see, he takes the things that, that we appear to look at as painful and, and, and hurtful and God repurposes. He rewraps it and he regifts it and he makes it so that it brings forth our greatest and deepest joy. So then why are you worrying, beloved, if you know that it is for your good? Why are you stressing if you know that it's for your good? Why are you trying to fix it if you know that God is using it? Why are you trying to change it if you know that God is using it? Why are you trying to jump out the fire if you know that the fire is the thing that's going to perfect you and make you better? See, I, I want to remind somebody right now that, that wants to jump out of this state of God molding and shaping. You want to jump out the frying pan, uh, but not not realizing that to jump out the fire pan means you're jumping in the fire because God says that there is something in you I'm trying to do that I can't let you uh, jump out prematurely. If you jump out the frying pan, I'm going to make a fire be there because I need to still get uh, that and purify you and bring forth the thing that's precious inside of you that only will come out through the fire and the flame. That would only come out through a little pressing and a little pushing. That would only come out as I, as I squeeze you. Uh, because of the rock and the hard place you're between. And so God is saying, I got to use it to get something good out of you. Do you know that he's using it? Do you know that God is using it for your good? That's my question this morning. So we are aware that Paul wrote this particular letter while in Corinth, and, and scholars have, have time-stamped the writing of this letter, uh, about AD 57, uh, at the end of his third missionary journey. And, and as we look at verse 26, we see uh, Paul saying this. He says, in the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness, we do not know what to pray what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should. But the spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because the spirit intercedes before God and on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. 
In other words, Paul reminds the saints here of this. He says, many times we don't know what to pray for. Why? Because we're just overwhelmed. We just feel like that, that things are happening to us and around us, and, and we're unsure what the, the purpose or the reason is. But, but Paul says, when we don't know what to pray for, the Spirit intercedes with groans and utterances that we don't know, uh, can't comprehend or understand. But the Spirit who is connected to God knows the will of God, and so praise God's will for God's people. Uh, I'm so glad that God has given us his spirit to intercede on our behalf and make sure that it is in agreement with what he is trying to do in our lives. But then Paul goes on to say in verse 28, and he says, and we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. Beloved, these scriptures are not telling us today that we will not go through problems. The scripture is not telling us today that things always work out. The scripture is not telling us today that calamity won't hit us. The scripture is not telling us today that pandemics won't arise, that sickness won't befall us, that we won't fail at some things we attempt. This scripture is not telling us that, that our families are always going to go through uh, times where uh, uh, everything is sunny and, and, and everything is working out the way we want it. There are going to be some times where our family goes through straining and goes through struggles. There are going to be times where uh, bills are greater than the finances we have. There are going to be times where we have to uh, trust in the Lord because we don't see a way out. Uh, but what this scripture is telling us, beloved, it tells us that we know. Paul, he says, and we know. Uh, that's a powerful statement and a powerful declaration because what it tells us, beloved, is that you already know what you need to do. You already know what you have at your disposal because you've been taught it, you've been told it, and it's been poured into you. And so we know is what Paul says. Uh, I may not know what to pray for as I ought to. And though I am a son now, I don't know what I will become. But there is one thing that I do know, beloved, is that I belong to God. See, we shouldn't need to be reminded of who we are. We shouldn't re be, need to be reminded of who we belong to because nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's what Paul tells us later on uh, in the book of Romans. He says, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. So I know that God loves me. I know that I belong to him. And I know that he loves me so much that he will move on my behalf. Uh, you need to know, beloved, that uh, even when you don't feel like it, uh, you need to trust in the Lord. We must also know that even in uncertainty, God is still near uh, because God loves me and because God, I'm, I'm belong to God and because I'm connected to God, uh, even in uncertainty, he's still near. He tells the children of Israel uh, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse number six, he said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, meaning the people you will encounter. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Understand that God is with you. Uh, he goes with you in the midst of your 
adversaries in the midst of your enemies, that God is with you in every situation. When your back is against that wall, God is there strengthening you and girding you up, making sure that the weight of your opposition won't overtake you. God is in the midst of the darkness that you're facing. Uh, he will be that light that shines in the midst of that darkness. Uh, know that God is with you. We know that God is with us. We know that he will never leave us, nor forsake us. We know that even in uncertain times, God is right here. Hallelujah. And then Paul says this. He said, God causes all things. So we know God causes all things. This includes all the suffering due to our identification with Christ. Uh, the fact that we belong to him uh, makes us a target for the enemy. The fact that we belong to him makes him a target of opposition. The fact that we belong to him, uh, the enemy wants to try to make us discouraged. The enemy wants to try to make us not believe what we know. Uh, he wants to try to come up against the truth that we're standing under. Uh, so the world will reject us, not because they don't like us, but they don't like the Jesus we connected to. Uh, resistance uh, uh, to sin and evil will try to come up against us, not because uh, we we are something special, but because the enemy doesn't want us to live holy and righteous in the name of Jesus. He wants to tear us down. He wants to expose our weaknesses. He wants to expose our imperfections. Why? Because he wants to dilute our testimony. Because if you said you've been delivered, uh, why are you still struggling? struggling with this or that. If you said you've been set free, why you still have a thorn in your flesh? Uh, uh, he wants to try to paint you uh, as a hypocrite because you're not perfect. Uh, but understand, beloved, uh, I don't have to be perfect to be possessed by Jesus. I don't have to be perfect to stay in his hand. See, he loves me in spite of my imperfections. Uh, and so God will use all things, uh, uh, my struggles, uh, my imperfections. Uh, he will use my skills and my talents and my gifts, but we will also use the things that, that trip me up. He will also use the things that I, I seem to can't shake. Uh, uh, he will use all things. Uh, the folk that talk bad about me, he'll use them uh, uh, to be the thing that motivates me to keep pressing uh, because I know they want to see me fall. Uh, I, 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 when I fall down, I get back up again uh, because they want to see me fail. Uh, I, I, I may mess up, but I'm going to keep pressing towards the mark. Uh, when I want to stop running my race, because folk don't expect me to get to the finish line. I, I'm going to keep running. I'm going to get my second win when I see the finish line before me. God will use all things for my good. Sin and temptation, struggles will be used for my good. See, it is not the situation, but it is God who is in control of the situation that is being used for your good. See, it is not the bad things that God, that, that is going to make you better, but it's what God does with the bad things. Hallelujah. Because understand that, that when you go to a cow pasture and you find cow manure out there, and if it stays out there in the cow pasture, it's just manure. 
Hallelujah. But when you gather it up and you bring it and you put it and you use it for fertilizer for plants, you use it for fertilizer for your crop, you use it for fertilizer for your grass, it becomes something that flourishes and produces fruit and it blesses the thing that is poured into. Understand, God will take the mess in your life and he will use it for the fertilizer. That's what I'm trying to get you to see, that God will take the mess in your life and use it as the thing that strengthens you and builds you up and pushes you into your purpose. See, God will use your trouble to change you. He will use your trouble to change you. He will use your trouble to bring forth the greatest you. He will use your trouble to bring forth the gifts that's lying dormant inside of you. He will use your trouble to bring forth the commerce that is inside of you, that is waiting to come out and impact times such as now. He will use the, the ingenuity that is in that beautiful brain of yours, but because of comfortability and complacency, uh, you were just rolling in cruise control. But now because God has shaken up your life, you got to use that ingenuity and you got to use that creativity, bring some things out of you that was laying dormant. He will use the trouble to change you. But then Paul says this, for good. See, we all have a, our own definition of good because what is good for you uh, may not be the same thing that I look at as good. Why? Because I have a different perspective based on my life experiences. Because something that is good for you, I, I, I feel like it's maybe beneath where I think God should have me. Something that is good for me, you may feel like, no, we got to keep pressing and, and there's something better than that. Hallelujah. But understand the definition of good is good as God defines it. See, God, what Paul is telling us is this, this good that God is going to bring us to is not our definition of good because then that would be different levels. But God is going to bring us to good based on his definition. Uh, and he's going to use it based on the good as he defines it. And how he defines this good is his plan for your life. Uh, because he understand what the whole purpose of what's going on is to get you to the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. Uh, so the good that Paul is speaking of is that which works towards the plan that God had for your life even before the foundations of the world. Uh, you know, that plan that he had before he formed you in your mother's womb. Uh, uh, I'm talking about that plan that he had created and, and determined for you uh, before the, even the, the time came into existence when, when before he released you into the span of time. He had a plan and a purpose. That's the good I'm talking about. See, those things that are going to bring forward what has been dormant in your life is the good that I'm speaking of. So God will bring and use those things, all things for your good or, or all things for you fulfilling your purpose. Sometimes it's hard to see why that severe tragedy it's going to be something that pushes me into my purpose. Sometimes it's hard for me to understand, God, why would you like this thing that, that almost broke me, this thing that, that made me want to take my life, why would you let that be so painful yet be so purposeful? Ah, that's the God that we serve because he sees and knows that, that for where you're going and for the impact 
he's trying to get you to have. You got to have power. And power only comes through him pushing out in pain. See, power is produced through pain. And so God said, the greater the power you're going to have, uh, the greater the pain. Uh, see, you got to have two equal and opposite forces uh, uh, pushing you into your purpose, beloved. And so then he says, for those who love God. The reason I love this scripture so much, and it is one of my most favorite scriptures in all of the sacred texts, is because uh, this particular promise, beloved, sounds good to everybody. But I'm, I'm glad that it doesn't apply to everybody uh, because sometimes it feels good to be in the VIP section. Amen. Sometimes it feels good to know that because I love God and because he loves me and, and because I, I have publicly declared my love for him, uh, I, I am included in a special group of people. Now, I got a whole lot of members in this club. Uh, uh, it's not uh, it's exclusive, but but it's inclusive at the same time. I uh, uh, see it's exclusive because it doesn't apply to everybody. Everybody, but everybody can get in if they accept him. Hallelujah. So he says, for those who love God. Now for everybody, for, the, for those who love him. We love God because he first loved us. And we have come to know and believe that God has love for us. See, loving God means a response to the gospel that is believing grateful, and is accompanied by the joyful desire to know, to please, and to worship him. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. See, to love God, the expression of loving God is not just with your lips, beloved, but it's with your actions. How do your actions put you closer to the God that you say you love? Are your actions based on a desire to please him and to worship him. But then Paul says to them who are called. Uh, he's not talking about called to preach. Uh, that may be part of your calling. But that's not what he's talking. He's not talking about called to, to prophesy. That may be part of what God has on your life. But that may, that's not what he's saying. He is not. He's saying those who have been justified and saved. See, Romans 8 and 28 belong, pertains to those who belong to him, those who have been justified, those that have been sanctified, those that have been saved, and those that have been bought by that bountiful and mighty price that was paid with the blood of Jesus. See, it's available to everyone, but only applies to those who have accepted the gift of salvation and given their lives over to him. And then he says, according to his purpose, meaning God's purpose, that which is in accord with his purpose, that all things work together for. God has an ultimate purpose. His counsel will stand and he will make everything work towards that end. So, Pastor, what is this purpose? You, you're telling me and you're sharing this and you're saying God has a purpose. See, there are going to be a whole lot of things that, that will happen and you'll see transpire in your life. But the ultimate purpose, beloved, is this, that we might be conformed to the image of the Son of God. Simply put, that we will be Christ-like. See, that is the purpose. That is what all this is bringing forward, is that we will look more like Christ, that we will act more like Christ, that when we're being persecuted, 
We won't conspire ways to get even, but we will be like Jesus as he was hanging upon the cross. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Uh, when, when we know that folk are coming up against them, uh, we won't conspire ways we can get back at them, but we'll be like David and say, God, I can rest in the fact that you will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, when I know that the enemy is, 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 is coming up against my home, I will, I will stand and declare that, that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. See, that is the purpose is that we will become more and more like Jesus. That Jesus might be glorified as the firstborn of a new creation of men, bearing his image and likeness. Bearing his image and likeness that Jesus will be the firstborn of a new creation of men, that we will be all sons and daughters of God, and we will be heirs and joint heirs to the promises, but that we, be, we will look like Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. See, God can use and will use all things to make us better. God is using the present, even the miserable present, to conform us to the image of his Son. And if we define the good as only what we can see in this life, then we have missed the whole point of this text. See, if we only say that, that the good that I want or the good that God you should be doing in my life, it only pertains to right now, then all of us would be disappointed because I don't know about you, but not everything that's going on right now is good. Not everything that I'm experiencing right now in this present season or even in the 40 years of my life have been good, but I know that God loves me. See, the, the 19 years that I've spent as God's son since I got saved haven't always been perfect. They haven't always been sunny. I've endured some loss in the midst of those 19 years. I've shed some tears in the midst of those 19 years. I, will con I was confused in the midst of those 19 years. I've had some financial strain. I've had some emotional despair. I've, I've had some times where my heart ached and my heart was broken, but I can still trust and believe that it was working for my good. Because when I look back over those 19 years, I know that I would not be where I am had not every one of those things transpired. If God pulled out any of those experiences from my life, I would not be who I am today. I would not have the power to do what I do today. I would not have the perspective, the wisdom, or the understanding to be able to handle those complex things that are coming at me now. Those, See, because the fact that God used some of those tough times to build up my faith, so that I can stand in the midst of uncertain times, even when I wasn't going through an uncertain time. Now that I'm in an uncertain time, I have what I takes. Come on, you better hear me. Uh, I'll say it again. See, in those times of times past, when I had to endure some hardships uh, that were uncertain, God was preparing me to be able to deal with uncertainty and uncertain times. Now that I'm in the midst of an uncertain time, I have what I take to survive. So I give God the glory. I give him the praise. See, many times as we think about uncertainty or we think about what happens in the midst of us waiting for the good to happen, uh, many times we, we say, should we question God? Or uh, I've heard people say, don't question God, trust his plan. I am of the belief 
that God has no problem with us asking questions, but God has a problem with us questioning him. You may be saying, huh? What do you mean, pastor? There is a difference between asking questions and questioning God. See, asking questions is seeking information or clarity. But questioning God takes into question his authority, his power, his sovereignty, and his wisdom. If we know that God will use all things for our good, then we don't question his power. We don't question his sovereignty. We don't question his wisdom. We don't question him being God. But what we do question is, God, what do you want me to see in the midst of this situation? Uh, 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 you may not question what God is doing because you know what he's doing. He's taking this and making it work for your good. But what you will question is say, God, in the midst of this thing right here, what do you want me to see? In the midst of this thing right here, what are you trying to bring to my my, my eyes that, that, that I can't quite see because I know it's, it's beyond what I see before me. See, the thing that I really need to see is not the thing that I see, but it's the thing that's beyond the thing that I see. So God, what is it that you're trying to show me in the midst of these times? What do you want me to be doing that's in agreement with the work that you're doing right now? See, God, I want to line up with your will for my life, so I want to be working in agreement with your work. What is it that you want me to learn now in the midst of this that's going to benefit me when I get to my good? When I get to that place that all of this is pushing me to, what is it that I need to learn now that will make me thrive when I get there? So, do you know, do you know that what you're going through is pushing you closer to your purpose? Do you know that God is taking it and he's using it for your good? Do you know that it is not to take you out, but it's to take you higher? Do you know that it is all for the plan and the purpose to make your life the greatest life that God could ever come up with just for you? Do you know? Right now, I just want to make way for someone that doesn't know, doesn't know who Jesus Christ really is. You may know of him. You may know through what somebody else has told, about, told you about him, but you don't know him in the pardon of your sins. You don't know him as your redeemer 